0: Question, what is, what is one of the most powerful muscles in the Bible, or not in the Bible, in the, in the body, I guess in the Bible too, but what is one of the most powerful muscles in your body? Tongue. tongue. Your tongue. There's lots of muscles in, in your body, but uh, yeah, the tongue is, is definitely one of the most powerful muscles that, that anybody has. So I'm going to be speaking a little bit today about the tongue, and more so about um, yeah the power of the tongue and and what it can do finish the sentence sticks and stones may break my bones is that true that is not true so sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never harm me that is far from true Um, you know just like a hammer you can destroy anything but you can also build something up Um, the tongue is the same way you can you can destroy Reputations—you can, you can hurt people for a very long time uh, with your words. And so, in the Bible, when it speaks about the tongue, it usually talks about, more often than not, about the bad side or the negative side, about tearing things down. And um, and I'm going to go through some of that, but then I am going to close on a positive note on on how we can bless with the tongue. Um, when you think about the tongue, there's a lot that the tongue can do, and I'm not going to cover all of these, but you know, the tongue, can, you can lie, there's, there's gossiping, and, and that's a, I won't get into that today, that's a, that's a whole other sermon in itself, but there's, you know, the tongue can betray, belittle, um, you can have an intimidating tongue, a rude tongue, a gossiping tongue, yeah, there's, there's lots of things you can do with your tongue, and I'll cover some of them um, <clears throat> today, and work through how to tame the tongue, and use it as a blessing. So the first one I'm going to cover is the lying tongue, and while God, you know, he offers abundant grace and forgiveness for all of our our sins and our missteps, you know, that does not mean that there are no consequences for our actions, and so if you want to turn with me to Acts chapter 5, I'm going to be reading out of there a little bit. firsthand what happened to someone in the Bible that lied. Acts chapter 5, and we're going to read 1 through 11. But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. So, thankfully today, if we, if we lie, I can't promise you won't fall down dead, but we have a gracious God who is forgiving. But here in the Bible, there's, there's an account here of, of a couple who lied and immediately uh, were, were dead. And... In Proverbs um, 19.5, it says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. Lying comes with consequences. The most natural and obvious one is that it breaks the trust with those we are in relationship with. Um, It is often hard and heartbreaking work when we have to repair the bridges that we destroy uh, when we lie and we deceive um, those people that that are close to us. Thankfully, though, none of the brokenness that we all have to work through in our lives is too great for God to repair. In 1 John 1, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to stop there on the lying tongue, and I'm going to move on to another another tongue that we can have, and that is the hasty tongue. Speaking too quickly. Can anybody think of an instance in the Bible um, where a hasty tongue got someone in trouble? Yeah, that's Peter. That's definitely um, an instance. It's not the one I'm thinking of. The old think about, think about that's the one I was thinking of. So that is found in Judges uh, 11. So turn to that if you care to. Judges chapter 11. <clears throat> and we're going to read verses 29 to 40. Jephthah. Judges 11, verse 29. Then the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and passed on to Mitzpah of Gilead, and from Mitzpah of Gilead he passed on to the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whenever it comes out from the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Verse 32. So Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord gave them into his hand. And he struck them from Eror to the neighborhood of Mineth, twenty cities, and as far as Abel-Kurammon, which with a great blow. So the Ammonites were subdued before the people of Israel. Then Jephthah came to his home at Mizpah, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with tambourines and with dances. She was his only child. Besides her, he had neither son nor daughter. As soon as he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you have become the cause of great trouble to me, for I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. And she said to him, My father, you have opened your mouth to the Lord. Do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth now that the lord has avenged you of your enemies on the ammonites so she said to her father let this thing be done for me leave me alone two months that i may go up and down go up and down on the mountains and weep for my virginity and i my, i and my companions verse 38 so he said go then go then he sent her away for two months and she departed she and her companions and wept for her virginity on the mountains And at the end of two months she returned to her father who did with her according to his vow that he he had made. She had never known a man and it became a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went year by year to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in the year. So here we have an account of somebody wanting deliverance from something and made a vow that Lord, whatever comes out of the house first, I will sacrifice to you. And that was a very, uh, I don't know, I guess, bold thing to say because he had no idea what was coming out of his house, and he he had a hasty tongue, and um, I don't I don't know for sure if we know exactly what happens to the daughter, whether she was actually sacrificed or if she was just left alone for the rest of her life. That's, I guess, not the point. But the point is to, to bite your tongue, to think about it. Um, don't be hasty in anything that you say. I'm going to move on to another type of tongue we can have. And it's the boasting tongue. And I'm going to be reading out of Daniel chapter 4, if you want to turn to that. Daniel chapter 4, I'm going to be reading verses 30 to 37. Daniel chapter 4. And we're going to be reading about Nebuchadnezzar. Actually, I think I'm going to start in verse 28, of Daniel chapter four. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, and the king answered and said, "Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty?" Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like birds' claws. At the end of the days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation." All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Verse 36, at the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and my splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. So here we have an account of somebody who was boasting about what they had done, and we all know that we can do nothing without Christ, without God in our life. And here's an example of Nebuchadnezzar um, being full of pride and boasting to others what he did, and all that was taken away from him. And that's a reminder for us that we can boast all we want, and we can just as quickly have all of our accolades taken away from us. Um, we need to acknowledge that it is it is God who gives it to us. In First Corinthians 15, it says, "By the grace of God, I am what I am. It is nothing that we have done that we deserve what we have. It is only through God." that we are who we are. So be careful about a boasting tongue. I'm gonna speak of one more tongue. This is, this is more on the humorous side, but does anybody know the definition of loquacious? Is it the type of tongue? Dave? Yeah, you just run your mouth. You just keep talking. You don't let anybody else talk. You're always wanting the last word, hardly letting anyone else speak. Um, There's a story of of a doctor who was trying to get some medical information from from his patient, an older gentleman, and so he was asking this gentleman, you know, these questions, and the wife would just, boom, jump in, answer every single question. Every question that he had for for his patient, the wife would answer, and that just kind of annoyed the doctor. And so he sent the wife out of the room and proceeded to ask some more questions to this gentleman that was there, only to find out that he couldn't talk. Um, He was not physically able to talk and he felt horrible, he was embarrassed, he called the wife back in, and he apologized to her, he said, ma'am, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize your husband couldn't talk, and her mouth just fell open. She's like, I didn't know that either. <laughs> and uh, obviously, obviously a joke, but there, there are those people, and you have, to, you have to let others speak. If you are always controlling the conversation, um, Having the last word, you're going to lose the respect of a lot of people. You need to learn to to listen. Learn to enjoy listening. Other people have a story too, and other people's voices need to be heard. Um, When my words are many, sin is not absent. But when I I hold my tongue, I am considered wise. So learn to to hold your tongue. Learn to to bite your tongue. Learn to listen. There's power in that, and people will respect you for that. So um, I'm going to go over five quick steps here. I know that where's the clock? We're we're getting pushed for time here, but there's five quick steps that will change your life um, when it comes to to your tongue. The first one is dedicate your heart, mind, and tongue to the Lord daily. So seek purity. Pray that God will protect your mind from the thoughts that lead to words of destruction. Offer the words of the day ahead to him with praise. In Hebrews 13, it says that through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Uh, When we choose to praise, um, we sacrifice, slander, gossip, fear-based words, and other language that would be destructive. So, again, dedicate your heart, mind, and tongue to the Lord daily. The next step into changing your tongue into... Speaking words of life would be, pray that God would give you an awareness of your words. I've, I've heard you know, someone say, taste your words before you spit them out. And, and so think twice about what you're gonna be saying. Acknowledge your need for discernment and God's grace to help you remain conscious of your words. Be intentional. You know if you're supposed to speak up, do it with boldness. If you're supposed to remain silent and listen, you can also do that with boldness. In Psalm 19, it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. So take responsibility for the words that come out of your mouth. Again, that was pray that God would give you an awareness of your words. And then number three is surrender up your right to complain. So we're not entitled to complain, um, especially not in front of our friends, coworkers, strangers. Nobody enjoys hearing complaining. Um, the people that do seem to enjoy it they don't have your best interest in mind so you know if people don't engage with you or agree with you when you complain about yourself and others it's because you're making them uncomfortable so give up your right to complain and we have reasons to complain but that doesn't mean that it's right and that other people want to hear it so surrender up your right to complain that was number three number four ask for forgiveness for any unloving words or attitudes in James chapter 3 verse 2 it says indeed we all make mistakes for if we could control our tongues we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way so spend time with God repenting asking forgiveness for words and for for actions that we've done or that we've spoken that have been offensive and hurtful to people um, commit to working on changing the way that you speak in order to show love to the world around us so ask for forgiveness for any unloving words or attitudes and then five, the last one, practice speaking words that will, be, that will bring encouragement, comfort, that will edify and inspire. I'll just try to shorten that. So practice speaking words that will encourage, comfort, edify, inspire. So ask God um, to speak, ask, or ask God to guide you to speak words that will honor him and that will help bring about his kingdom and his purpose. The goal is to speak life. And so, in Ephesians chapter four, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. To encourage means to give support, confidence, or hope. To comfort means to soothe, console, or bring freedom from pain. To edify means to cultivate, develop, and build up. And to inspire means to motivate, excite, energize, and to give life. So spread joy. Spread the word of God. Share your faith. Be an example. Share your blessings. Pray for others. Um, Everything that we do and say, it must be based on on truth and on the word of God. And also, we all know that we're going to give an account for everything that we do and everything that we say. So, be careful what you say. I'm going to close here with this little, little poem. It says, A careless word may kindle strife. A cruel wor- word may wreck a life. A bitter word may instill hate. A brutal word let me just read that again. A brutal word may hate instill a brutal I'm gonna start over, I'm just butchering this thing. Okay. <clears throat> Pretend you heard nothing of that. A careless word may kindle strife, a cruel word may wreck a life, a bitter word may hate and still, a brutal word may smite and kill. A gracious word may smooth the way, a joyous word may light the day. A timely word may lessen strife. A loving word may heal. Wow. A timely word may lessen stress. A loving word may heal and bless. So, our tongue is very powerful. And we can do two things with it. We can do a lot of things with it. But we can either build somebody up or we can tear somebody down. So, think twice about what you're saying. What people are hearing from you. And I pray that all of us can, um, yeah, have a heart and a tongue that, that honors the Lord and everything that we do. So why don't we bow for a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for this morning. Thank you for um, the life that you've given all of us. Thank you that we have sound minds that can make decisions and we can choose to, to do this or to do that, God. And I pray that um, as the children heard this morning, as the adults too, that uh, we could think, you know, what would Jesus do? And Lord, every word that comes from our mouth, God, I pray that it would be a blessing to, to others to those around us, that we could build people up and not tear people down. That we could be an encouragement um, to the so many hurting people that are around us, God. We have, we have hope and joy that so many people don't. And we need to be uh, your light and your love to the needy people around us. So I pray the Lord that we could be a blessing in all that we do. And um, honor you with our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen.